Welcome back to episode 94. Matt Kwan is a BJJ black belt and owner of On Guard BJJ in Maple Ridge in Metro Vancouver. He has previously been on our show in episode 3 and 21 back when I first started the podcast and things have changed quite considerably since then as he is now a black belt when he was not previously and he has his own school that's been open for quite some time and has done quite well as he is one of BC's top competitors for grappling in his weight class. So this podcast for reasons of reasons is kind of in two parts but all together the first half is for those who just want to hear us talk about BJJ and running a martial arts school. However, the second half, and you'll know when, is us talking about what's going on in the world right now. So, if you don't want to listen to that because you're one of those idiots who thinks you should only ever stay in your wheelhouse and never discuss what's going on in the world, then just listen to the first half. But if you don't care, then listen to the whole thing. That is up to you. But here is something that Matt said in the podcast. Do what you believe is right. Stand up for what you believe in. If you see something and you you want to question something and you're not qualified to question it, question it anyways. You know, open discourse and even though we don't have it here in Canada, freedom of speech is an important part of Western civilization. Okay, so there's your ready, set, go kind of mentality for this podcast. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Urban Tactics Kramaga, turning lambs into lions since 2013. Many ways you can support this podcast or Urban Tactics Kramaga, some of them free, some of them less free. You can, of course, come train with us in person. Go to urbantacticskm.com and sign up for a trial class. There is a waiting list at the time of me posting this as uh, we have to restrict just how many people come in at once. Too many people uh, is hard to handle, but that's due to a huge demand of people realizing things are going sideways and they want to learn to defend themselves now, not later. So you can just put yourself in the list if it's up there. If not, sign up for a free trial class. You can, of course, do something that's super free by following us, Urban Tactics Kramaga on Instagram or Facebook and Twitter, I guess, Urban Tactics KM. That just repeats what we posted elsewhere because I don't engage in that cesspool of psychotic behavior. So it's there if you want to follow there. You can also follow along on my rantings and ravings and personal opinions on self-defense or other things uh, on urban uh, utkmblog.com. I'm super happy that many of my students are starting to contribute about their experience and perspective. So every week I, we post some kind of blog post on a variety of topics. And of course, you can find the older episodes of this podcast on the blog utkmblog.com. The other thing is, if you have ever been trained in law enforcement, in uh, martial arts, or just a civilian, and have had to use self-defense in an experience, I would love for you to submit to us a 500-word or more recount of how everything went, your training, how it went. It can be posted anonymously. That is not an issue at all, but we're looking to collect people's experiences so that anyone who has been attacked or been in a situation or had to use their training doesn't feel alone by seeing it happens to other people. You can submit such submissions to info at urbantacticscanada.com. Not all submissions will be submitted. If we do publish your submissions, then you will get three months free at our next thing, utkmu.com. 
utkmu.com is where I post my curriculum in video format as a supplement to your current Kramaga training or other martial arts training just to see the curriculum we're teaching and how we're teaching it. The more people that show their support for that, the more I will be putting more effort into building it up and making it a one, one-stop shop sort of thing. As my time is limited, so if you're interested in seeing more from that website, sign up at www.utkmu.com either for the beginner or novice curriculum. Advanced curriculum will be available at some time. And I think that is it. Maybe. Oh, yes. Since I'm posting this uh, earlier than I thought, we have an upcoming firearms course. If you want to get your firearms license, you can sign up on our website, Urban Tactics KM, and you click on the tab CF. Uh, Canadian Firearm Safety Course acronym and Canadian Sticker Firearm Safety Course. The next course is in September on 25th and 26th. Get your firearms license now, not later, because you never know what could happen down the road. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in war. So get your skills now, because if you need them later, you will be sorry if you have the inability to do things. With that being said, you cannot purchase a firearm in Canada for the purpose of self-defense, but you can use it for sports shooting and hunting for non-restricted firearms. At least you'll learn that in the course. But you still want the tool if you ever need it, if things go crazy. Either way, the next course, sign up. Uh, you can also email us if you have questions, info at urbantacticscanada.com. If you want to check out Matt and he has not completely put you off of his training with him, you really should train with him. He's one of the best locally. You can go to their website at onguardfc.com. High quality grappling kids classes are back on at this time that I'm recording this. And you can, of course, follow him on Instagram at onguardbjj. That's where he posts a lot of the things he's saying in this podcast. Now, again, the first half of this podcast is about BJJ, running a martial arts school, how he's progressed. And the second half is, well, have fun, find out. But both me and him believe in freedom, and we do not like the direction that some people in this world seem to think it's okay to go. So, enjoy. Krav Maga is not just a self-defense system. It is a way of life. Warriors Den is a podcast for Kravists, fighters, martial artists, warriors, politicians, and general citizens. Consider this. The society that separates scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Lucididi. Your host, Jonathan Fader, talks to guests in an open and uncensored format about their fights, their philosophies, and their lives. No topic is taboo, and the conversation may start in one place and end in another. As the quote suggests, you cannot separate the warrior from the politics and the world around them, as a true warrior must be a student in all forms of art and science. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Warrior's Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions. Okay, so welcome back. I am here with the most uh, recorded guest on my podcast, Matt Kwan. How are you today? Good. How are you, Jonathan? Thank I you for am, having me. Yeah, absolutely. I am excellent. 
So I, I just thought we'd get started. Since you've been on before, I'll skip the intro. I'll just uh, reference the previous podcasts. But since since I had you on, you've gotten your black belt and you've been running uh, your school on guard for quite some time now, and you've been mm-hmm. doing quite well. How, how's that journey been for you so far? Uh, it's a fantastic journey. Uh, what a lifestyle I have running my own business, just doing jujitsu and teaching all day. Um, it's a fantastic way to live. It's, yeah, it's like, it I'm always on vacation. Uh, as many know, I was a chef before, you know, pulling hard shifts in the kitchen, commuting downtown an hour each way every day for quite honestly, not very much money at all. <laughs> and it's a very stark contrast to now have the free time to explore jujitsu, to study it, to think of better ways to teach it, uh, to focus on my own training and to focus on side gigs, such as the podcast yeah. and, uh, you know, whatever, you know, Right now I'm studying drums and guitar and like, just, just trying to, yeah, doing a bunch of fun stuff. Um, and which I never had time for before. So, uh, yeah, life's been good to me. Really enjoying, really enjoying being an entrepreneur and a gym owner. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a challenge for like, you know, I often, you know, let's like, like affiliation programs of any kind for any martial arts. Often I think where they fail is the actual like sort of business aspect of running a business because everyone wants to be a martial arts gym owner. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if in the fitness industry, nine out of 10 businesses fail, the martial arts is like even worse. So uh, mm-hmm. other than your amazing skill and ability to articulate uh, from the business aspect of that, how, like, have you been getting help or you just just because you're so popular? What do you think? You know, it's it's kind of funny. I, I came up under people in different gyms. I, I switched gyms a few times and a lot of different philosophies. Some of them were just about the training. Some of them were very much like, uh, like, oh, I've went to a Lloyd Irving seminar yeah. on how to grow your business, you know, how to really get as much growth as possible. So like different, I basically learned what I didn't want to do yeah. <laughs> under these professors. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my business model has been super simple from the beginning. You know, I, I've tried the marketing stuff. I've tried hiring online marketers. I've tried, you know, cards and flyers and all types of shit. Can I swear on this thing? Yes, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Sweet. So I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars on marketing campaigns. And what I find is you just get a ton of leads, but you don't really get the quality you're looking for. You know, you'll get like, you'll get like 30 leads a month, but then you got to email them all. You got to try and convince them to come in and it's a drag. You may, you might get one or two coming in. And I realized, you know, my business model is based more on my merit and what I can teach and my competition history uh, and just honestly reputation. It's uh, you know, at, at first it was difficult because at first when I was a Brown belt and I just opened my school, I didn't really have a lot of reach. Um, you know, I still hadn't won the things I'd won. I wasn't really well known at least in Vancouver anyways. And I, I tried to use these marketing methods and it was honestly an epic fail. It, it was a big waste of money. But my business is based on my reputation and what I can teach and what I can show on the mats. So um, now I'm at a point, I opened in 2015, so I'm six years in. Now the gym is like, it basically markets itself. You know, every time I go to a competition, I just did a competition two weeks ago, uh, won the BCJJF Absolute title, uh, the Nogi title. And, uh, you know, stuff like that is great marketing for you. So a lot of people basically... um, having uh that kind of of a reputation where you're a good instructor and good competitor it kind of sells itself you know i don't i would now rather have 
uh, you know, a few good leads a month come in and stay rather than 40 leads. I have no idea who they are. They, they give me some spiel about how they want to come into the gym and they want to, they want to become a fighter. And, oh, I did a little bit of karate back in the day and now I'm ready to do this, or I'm really ready to get in shape. Like these people never fucking show up. They never show up. It's the people I now, I used to write letters to people when they would, you know, big emails and be like, yeah, you know, jujitsu is a great art, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm just like, yeah, if you want to train, just come in. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to sell it to you. You, yeah. you you're either going to haul your ass through the door and it's going to sell itself or you're just you don't want to do it, you know? Yeah. So the, so now I'm like I actually want less people to come into my school. <laughs> I only want good people at this point. Um it's kind of a I got a pretty small school, so the overhead is pretty affordable and my profit margin is pretty good, but yeah, like I only have people who are you know, people who want to be here. And if you don't want to be here, I'm not going to chase you to come into my gym. I'm not going to take your money. You just, and having that honest, transparent business model of, Hey, like if you're not willing to put in the time and come in, just don't fucking come. Don't yeah. give me this thing about how you're going to come in and train. Uh, and as a result, I get a lot of great people coming in, you know, yeah. and the parents that bring in their kids, it's the parents who want really good competition training. They want someone who's been a, a competitor for a while they want their kids to train under someone like that. And the, the atmosphere and the level on the mats, even for the kids class is fantastic. And of course, my, my, uh, my opinions on social media also <laughs> tend to attract a certain crowd and they, yeah. it deters a certain crowd as well. So yeah, um, yeah it's, it's all positive for me. I, the people that disagree with me and wouldn't want to train at a place because of someone's opinions, they don't come. And it's better that way. You know, I actually prefer it that way. And people who see my opinions and they're like, wow, this guy like speaks his mind. Oh, I, I kind of agree with some of the things he says. They do come in, they bring their kids in, they bring their families in. And yeah. as a result, it's a fucking awesome place to train. So yeah. um, I, the whole jujitsu is for everyone. Yes, everyone, let's come and train under one roof. It, it's not really what I'm looking for particularly. Mm-hmm. So I don't really fall under that business model. I mean, I, I pretty much agree with the sentiment of most of what you said, because that's been my experience. You know, I'm sure you get the marketing emails from like big American companies that are like, oh, it worked in New York. It's like, yeah, New York has 12 million people, dude. Anyone can mm-hmm. open a gym and just like toss a coin out the window with the like the, toss a coin to your witcher and you have 100 students. And it, none of that yeah. I found worked here. And, uh, you know, unfortunately yeah. for me, in my case, Kramaga is not still very well known and or popular. So I don't get the kind of numbers jujitsu does. But it's been the same, mm-hmm. you know, the people who talk, like if I have to convince you to come in, there's other stuff going on. Either you're yeah. one of those people who wants to tr- check off a box on a list or you have anxieties that like, while I do have a background in, in uh, psychology and I will talk to you about your anxieties if you want to, uh, or I'll just throw them at them. Like, I can't spend all my time trying to convince you to get your ass in the gym. Actually, I asked a question. Some one of my students admitted uh they've been around a while now they admitted that they'd actually stared at my website for like a year or two before they had the courage to come in yeah and uh i just casually asked a, a class and there was a good class was i had like 30 people that day and i was basically asking like oh i heard some people like do that and i was looking at the person who did that because they openly admitted it and then a whole bunch of people raised their hands saying they did the same thing and and so and that's what you run into a lot is there is the people who are going to come and just do it. The people who are, want to do it, but uh, they need a little bit coaxing. But then most people are full of shit. 
that's yeah. why I think, you know, in the martial arts community, we get that pyramid, 10,000 people walk in the door, one will be a black belt. And it's just the reality of, of uh, martial arts. And I, it's actually a mistake that I made opening a gym. I'm like, oh, yeah, Karamaga is popular. People are going to come. They're going to come in the door. Uh, and I didn't realize unless you have a huge name in any style, you have to take the 10, 15 years to build up a gym to the point where you have brown black belts. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I've been this for the long haul. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> one, of, one of the things about having a merit-based business model rather than just trying to overload my mats with leads is mm. um, people who want good training come to me. So I get a lot of transplants from other gyms that are blue, purple. Uh, I've even had brown belts come to my gym. So it's like mm. I did luckily kind of forego that whole starting from white belt thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, as, as the, as the owner and as the, the head instructor, it is up to me to make it an environment where these people want to come and then stay. Um, and so, so that is my responsibility as well, but I've been extremely fortunate to have the team that I have. The guys that come in are quite often, you know, they have some experience or they just have a very open mindset and they're very coachable. So I don't have a lot of guys that are like uncoachable or difficult to work with almost in fact pretty much everyone I can think of is just a pleasure to train with here. And, uh, uh, it's just a fantastic training environment. Um, yeah. And, and I've been extremely fortunate with the people that have come into my school. Yeah. I mean, there is that there, you mentioned earlier, like it's a self-selection thing. If you do the jujitsu for everyone, then you have to be like generic versus yeah. if you create like a real can't be controversial. Culture. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I'm controversial as fuck as you know. Um, yeah. I, but I found like the, pe the people self-select, like I've had like very left-wing students and I, I'll teach everyone. I say, all I ask mm -hmm. is like, hey, um, because I know I, because I'm teaching self-defense, not jujitsu, <clears throat> I do get into politics when I'm teaching mm -hmm. because it is extremely relevant despite what people think. And I'll say, yeah, everyone really, says, don't yeah. teach, don't talk about religion or politics <laughs> or whatever. Know. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'd rather have an environment where we can talk, we can joke with people, we can make, we can poke fun and have that kind of energy, you know, where we push in each other. And I, I come from kitchens, you know, like yeah. I, I have a very kind of a gallows humor uh, and I get a lot of flack for it. A lot of people are like, oh, you don't want to do this to your business. You don't want to. Yeah. I'm like, well, I just don't want those fucking people here. I, I want yeah. people who are who are fun to talk to, intelligent people who don't get offended and can hear like I don't care what political uh, affiliation or identity you have. I don't care what race or religion you are. I'm not I'm not fucking. I'm not a bigot. I'm not racist yeah. or prejudiced at all. Everyone's allowed in my school. I don't give a fuck who you are. But if you take offense to shit, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> this is essentially a kitchen. <laughs> you yeah. know, like this is this is my kitchen brigade. I'm the head chef. And that doesn't mean that I tolerate any harassment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have a zero tolerance policy for bullying, harassment, obviously. Um, I know this is probably new to the fight sports crowd, but uh, sexual harassment should just naturally not be allowed in gyms. Yeah. That shouldn't be a new policy, Cyborg and Wagner. It, sh it should be uh, It should be already part of your gym. It's called common sense. You shouldn't allow sexual harassment or yeah. or especially sexual uh, harassment to a minor. That shouldn't yeah. be something that you have. And now all of a sudden, oh, we have a new policy where we're not allowing sexual harassment to minors and females or whatever. Maybe, no, maybe it's a Florida It's called thing, common cause... sense. Hey, you know, uh, he was in Florida and that happened to him too. For, for the non-Jitsu yes. people who don't know, there was just a huge story of uh, 
a high level black belt instructor at a very well known reputable gym that was uh what was it, sixteen year old he was grooming her or something? Like, is I believe it's Claudio Doval, I believe her name oh, that's, is. Oh, and... that's that's Delahiva, but I'm talking yeah, about that's the, the, Okay, uh, you're talking about at uh cyborg gym. And again, cyborg, cyborg and Wagner, yeah. you know, they, they are not I, I don't think they're abusers. No. But they knowingly covered up for yeah. abuse that was going on with one of the female students who I believe started training when she was 10. And then she got abused when she was 16, if my story's correct. And yeah, it's just like, and then like they that. put out this statement about how, Oh, we, we have, we've learned, we've listened and we've learned. And now there's going to be a zero tolerance policy for sexual harassment at our gym. Yeah. It's like, what a fucking bad look, you know, like for yeah. your school, this is, um, this is common sense that you shouldn't be sexually assaulting minors or females. You fucking idiots. Yeah. What are you well, doing? Minors <laughs> is a bit of an obvious one. And it's like, how do you, yeah. how do you not pick up that one? <laughs> you yeah. know, the, you know uh, and then, and then to cover for multiple black belts yeah. who have been accused of doing this is just like, like I love, I loved cyborg and Wagner. I love their styles. I've trained with cyborg. He came up here for a seminar. It was fantastic. He beat the fuck out of me. You know, it was like really great. <laughs> and to, and to learn about this is just like, man, how do you, how do you let that happen? You know, if, yeah. it, if it, if it was my own best friend that did something like that, I'd fucking, he's got to pay the consequences. Mm. There's no covering up. There's no, you know, pedophilia. Fuck, get the hell out of here. What are you yeah. doing? Now, I'll that turn your said, ass in. Uh, <laughs> obviously we're both against that kind of behavior, but the question of uh, female students in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu comes up. Now I, I don't really understand it because I'll roll with women and, and I'll roll relative to what they can handle. But, you know, I had uh, uh, a very well-known uh, belt, the color belt here, and I was rolling with her and uh, she's tough, man. And I was rolling with her and giving her like good feedback, like as far as resistance and I'm trying to get her. Like, John, what the fuck? You're trying to like really go after me. Like, why are you being so hard? I'm like, because you'll choke me out. You're that good. Like, I'm respecting mm -hmm. it. But mm -hmm. I feel like maybe she was saying that because a lot of guys don't want to go hard on her. So, mm -hmm. uh, like, I'll just feel and see how where they at, and I'll go accordingly. But I, I do think there are a lot of guys who just don't know how to roll with women reasonably. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about that sort of topic that's coming up now because of this? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, if you don't have a lot of experience in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu you're not going to be as good of a training partner as someone who's done it for 10 years. I mean, there's exceptions to the rule. There's black belts that roll like fucking idiots. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, but I think learning how to be a good training partner is part of the skill set that is learning how to be good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, not only are you learning how to be good and proficient at jiu-jitsu or learning how to teach jiu-jitsu or learning how to be a business person, if that's your choice you want to do, but you also have to learn how to be a good drilling partner, a good uke, uh, a good training partner. And that part of that is when you're rolling with a lower rank or someone who's much smaller than you or older than you, or uh, even females, like you do have to modify your training sometimes. I'm not saying that's, you know, there's girls out there who fuck me up. Yeah. Um, obviously locally, I don't really roll with any that can fuck me up, but I know on a world stage, there certainly are women that could. And um, so the majority of the women that I roll with, I generally could beat up if I wanted to. And being a good training partner is understanding, okay, like I have to make this training as best for them as I possibly can. Uh, and, and part of that is letting up. And part of that is knowing when to push them, right? And if you're if they're always rolling with dudes who don't know how to push them because they're scared that they're going to offend them or whatever, um, right away they're going to have 
a different mindset than if some if everyone just tries to beat the fuck out of them, which is also the other side of the coin, which is bad. If you're at a gym where guys, you know, have no idea how to be a good training partner, and then they're just constantly trying to beat up everyone at the same level, they roll with a big brown belt real hard, and then they go with like a small female blue belt, and they roll just as hard. That's clearly just shows inexperience on their part as as a training partner, right? So, so um, you know, uh, especially after this. Wagner and cyborg stuff and the Del Hiva stuff. I know some people have said, Oh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm just, I'm just not going to roll with women. It's just not worth it to roll with women. They get offended or, or I don't want to be accused of a sexual, uh, assault or, or whatever cop in a feel. Um, and I'm, I disagree with that. The, the women that I've trained with the vast majority of them have been super cool. And I set that environment in the gym, like, Hey, mm. you know, this is, I'm not gonna lie. It's a male dominated gym. Uh, everyone's welcome, but, and I encourage females to come out and train, but uh, you know, we're not going to, we, we, I try and push that mindset where we will keep everyone safe, whether you're female, male, big, small, old, young, doesn't matter, keep everyone safe and have good training. And that, so that doesn't mean let's coddle women. And it doesn't mean let's go super hard on women. It's just mm. treat them like equals and uh, judge accordingly. So yeah. I think it's personally for me, I think it's kind of crazy when, people don't want to train with women yeah. for the said reasons. You know, I think it's, this is one of the most important skills that a woman or, or a person, but specifically a woman can learn, you know, mm. how to defend yourself when you're underneath someone or on your, on your back. Mm. And uh, yeah, one of my main goals, hopefully by the end of my career, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I can look back and say, I influenced the female jujitsu scene in Vancouver greatly. And specifically yeah. I'd like to create some badass female instructors uh, because there's definitely an underrepresentation of of females in this city and and as gym owners, and that's one of my goals is to change that. Yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's very much about environment. Like I, when I opened up, uh, I originally thought oh it's going to be a lot of young males, but then I actually started with uh, uh, middle aged males, often whom had had been in assault uh, assault situation. And as I grew, uh, I was quite happy that I had like one third women just inherently over the years and i was like great because i'm teaching self-defense they need it mm-hmm. more than guys do a lot of the time and i think generally yeah when you look at gyms that are all men like as i know like if you are a woman coming in or even like a smaller male you look and it's all athletic guys at a, at a club it can be extremely intimidating um but if you know i think and even in a competitive gym if everyone's like smiling and like welcoming and hey come in and everyone talks to each other then i don't think there is an issue there shouldn't be an issue with women being comfortable in the gym, you know, based on my experience with my, my gym. hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know, for, for the longest time, I, I said I would never do a female only class because Mm -hmm. I felt that, um, I wanted the, like a co-ed environment. I really wanted it. I I truly believe that the the best training women can get is training with men. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's more realistic. It's more difficult. Essentially. Uh, it's just a different beast. But recently came to the realization, you know, if I keep if I keep this mindset up where I'm not going to have a women's only class, essentially just less women are going to learn jujitsu geographically around my gym. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not about that. So I, I did open a women's only class a couple months ago, and it's awesome. Uh, you know, we're building we're building a women's team, which hopefully I, I, I would I would want to see them progress to a co-ed situation. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just. I understand, you know, it's, it's, it's intimidating for anyone to go into a school 
and, uh, you know, do any martial art, but especially martial art where you're getting smothered and sweated on by, by these beasts, you know, and it's like, yeah. it's, it's fucking hard. It's intimidating. And I understand why women would want to be in a, in a more comfortable training environment. So I've, yeah. I've definitely shifted my stance on that for a while and I'm glad I did it. And hopefully, you know, my goal is, like I said, that some women really take to the lifestyle of jujitsu. They really, I, I come across a student or students who want to make this their career and I can help them, you know, get to that journey. That would be a dream come true for me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I still have that sentiment. Like if I run a self-defense seminar, personally, I don't like the women's only stuff. And part of it is my experience is it just turns into a gossip fest and no one's really challenging each other physically. And I don't like that because they're not getting uh, real feedback. Um, but I think with jujitsu, because of the intimate nature of grappling, that there is that comfort level for a lot of women. Cause I know some people who've been sexually assaulted and I tried to get them into jujitsu and they're just, mm -hmm. they're like, no, I don't want to. And it's completely yeah. understandable. So I think yep. in, in, because of the intimate nature of jujitsu, having women's only is a little bit better, but for like, a, if I'm running a general, general self-defense uh, seminar, I really do not like that. Yeah. Because like if, if say I'm running a seminar, like a four hour seminar or whatever, and, and this is any martial art, I'm doing a seminar. I know how to defend myself. No, you don't. Um, you exactly. need to give them like the reality now as quickly as possible. Um, because, you know, let's even talk uh, size difference in men like um, uh, Mikey Musfemi, who would kick the crap out of me for sure. You'd, you'd last much better against him. But when he went open class. He got smashed by some no name like <laughs> overweight. Some guy. giant guy. <laughs> yeah, right. And it it it, it just shows you uh, the size does matter, uh, no matter what anyone says. And from a pure self defense perspective, you need to understand that, and you need to understand that rapidly. Is that fly driving you nuts? <laughs> There's a fucking fly in here who's like landing on me. It's so annoying. I'm trying. You know how fucking hard it is to kill a fly. Like mosquitoes oh, yeah. are dumbasses, but flies are just like. I don't know what it is. You just can't well, hit them. Oh, what, what? I saw something. You have to like if you do a clap, you have to do it right above them or below them because they have some instinct where they can read read the air pressure and they instinctually move. So if you do it above or below, they move into the clap. But you have to time it right. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm not very good at doing it. <laughs> I've seen people do it quite successfully. So, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. You know, like size matters, man. I remember when, it, like, that was one of the selling points when I was a white belt was like, oh, if you do this, if you do this martial arts, you know, that the whole point is that you can beat a bigger opponent. It's not wrong. You know, yeah. you can totally. Um, but when, but at the black belt level, fuck, it's hard. You know, yeah. it's size definitely matters. And, um, as, you know, if, if you are a, a woman and you're training in a room full of women, you don't really get the same, you know, you're not going to get that, like, quite often you're not going to see a woman get sexually assaulted by another woman. And I'm not saying that happens, but I'm definitely saying the majority of sexual assaults against women are from men, you know, yeah. someone bigger and potentially stronger. And you need that, you need that, uh, that training so that when that situation happens, you have the stress inoculation training to go against someone much bigger and stronger. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the point of jujitsu, right? But like mm -hmm. at the higher levels, man, size yeah. totally matters. <laughs> you know, because it's like sort of like any martial arts is the uh, that'll never work, bro. Uh, and people yeah. don't understand context at all about anything. And and one of the issues between like MMA fighters, jujitsu guys, you know, the more practical martial arts that have a higher success rate, 
they always make the assumption there's you're so used to training with other trained individuals that you fail to understand that under, while you can beat the average untrained individual on a one-on-one -on -one, you'll be caught off guard by patterns and behaviors that you're not expecting and mm. a big part of say self-defense is the element of surprise like i just did a podcast with a instructor in australia and he had a very good point is that the initial situation is always self-defense you know it's quick mm. it either stops or it doesn't start and once it's in a back and forth situation now you're in a fight but in a self-defense scenario you can you have the option to run so if you're then choosing to stay in that back and forth and do a test of skill, you're not really doing self-defense. You're gambling with your skill over their skill. And I find a lot of martial arts, jujitsu and MMA guys, especially nowadays, are like, you know, Krav Maga is bullshit. I'm like, okay, can I kick you in the nuts as hard as I can? Yeah, exactly. And see what happens? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, if I use square up against me, I guarantee you, you're not expecting me to do that. Even though you know I do it, you're so used to people trying to do other stuff that if I do yeah. something that you're not used to, uh, you're going to be thrown for a loop. And that, and that, that to me is like the self-defense thing. So like, I was, I, I don't know why I did. I got in an argument with someone on Instagram. I think it was like some teenage kid. Um, he's like, that'll never work, bro. And I'm like, you know, what? like it was to do with uh, someone coming up behind you doing a rear naked choke standing. And I'm like, and I always preface this in self-defense. If someone gets behind you, no matter what, you're already, you're already screwed up. What yeah. you're relying on is the fact that they're not as good as they think they are. And you have a second to do like a drop Senagi or reversals. Right. And he's like, no, that'll never work. Bro. I'm like, you know, drop Senagi is a high percentage move in high level judo, right? And they're it just totally like, <laughs> it's like idiots because people just assume, oh, yeah. I'm like, listen, if a malicious person with intent to kill you gets behind you or it's Gordon Ryan, you're fucked. There's nothing you can yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> but like that, that sort of difference between reality versus what works in the ring or what works in competition, I think it's one of the hardest things for people to get around. Uh, it's like um, you, you actually on your podcast that you had, you had uh, Lachlan uh, Giles on and he was saying that, you know, as good as he is in his gym, his, everyone can shut down his game. But then he goes to another gym and he can submit everyone because people get used to the particular movement styles. Yes. It's like uh, Mike Canton and his triangles. Like I can stop them now because I know he's going to do that. <laughs> but he goes to other gyms and he catches a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things about jujitsu is like it's sold as this uh, highly effective self-defense system, which it is like against an untrained individual. Yeah, it's totally effective. Um, but you go against someone who doesn't want to be on the floor or like a wrestler who just is like, no, I'm just going to stand up. It's like, yeah. and all you've done is practicing pulling guard. It's like, yeah. well, there goes your whole strategy. Like you can't wrestle this person to the floor now, yeah. you know, you, you, you're going to have to jump guard or pull guard, which is, it has its own dangers. So it's, it's like what Danaher says, right. When he's comparing MMA to jujitsu, he's like in jujitsu, there's a unspoken rule that, one person will concede the bottom position and now the other person takes the top position. There's a gentleman's agreement, right? That, yeah. that I'm going to be on the bottom now. It's like, you don't want to do that in the street, you know? So as I, I, I think jujitsu is a fantastic self-defense situation um, or a part of a system, uh, sorry, uh, part of a, a great self-defense system, but it's definitely not, it's far from complete, you know? Yeah. Um, and as long as you understand its limitations and its strengths and you understand where you want to be in a fight and where you don't want to be, you can totally use it to your advantage. But if, if all you're used to is, you know, fighting for advantages and 
pulling guard and stuff like that. I mean, it's not the best look for self-defense. Like you said, you could just get kicked in the dick and then you're, <laughs> and you're fucked. Right. So yeah. <laughs> as long as you understand that the limitations are there, you know, um, you can be more aware should a situation happen. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to bring up before we get into some controversial shit was the oh, shit. Uh, no gi versus gi. Obviously, your preference is no gi. Uh, why? Why that? Why that? I mean, uh, so here's the thing. If if I had my choice and I always say this to my students and they, they look at me like I'm fucking crazy because most people in my school love no gi more. Mm. Uh, and we train no gi, I would say, probably like 70 percent of the time or 60 percent of the time. The other 30 or 40 percent we train gi but i always say like if i was going to be the best in the world at gi or no gi i'd way rather be better at gi just because i think it's so fucking cool and and beautiful um and brutal but uh i mean i think i'm just better for no gi um obviously the leg locks over the last few years has really become like one of my best attack vectors so i'm very very confident in my heel hooks and my leg lock defense um and uh you know, my, the, my fingers are all fucked up from the gi. So that also is a limitation. Like I don't have very strong grips. I know some people that have freakishly strong grips, which are just rock climbers, those assholes. (laughs) Totally. And and it's such an advantage. It's such an advantage in the gi to have strong grips. And and I don't have that. So, you know, naturally I'm already, I feel like I'm already at a disadvantage in that way, but um, I think the gi is much harder. Mm. I think no gi is way easier for me. It's just, it's just simpler for me and I find yeah. it easier to pin people and hold them down in no gi. So, which is, which is weird, right? Usually we're like, Oh, the gi, you know, you can, you can really hold someone down. I think, I think the thing about no gi is uh, if I get pinned in no gi, very difficult for someone to hold me down. I feel like yeah. I can always escape. I can always move, but in the gi I've had, I've been in competitions where I've got my guard passed and then I'm just like, I literally can't move for the rest yeah. of the match. Like I'm, yeah. I'm fucking held down and uh it's brutal right so i find i just think for my style and for the techniques that i use uh nogi is more of a natural fit but i love them both i'll never stop doing either of them and i i want to compete in both of them as long as i can yeah yeah for me it's like i prefer gi because i'm not athletic i do not have explosion and i want to (laughs) stop and work the sort of technical stuff as much as i can he is much um, more static. You know? Yeah, yeah. I just don't have the athletic. Like, I gas so fast in Nogi. That's, my, that's how you beat me, guys. I just gave it away. Get, beat my gas tank and you'll beat me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, like, because gi, gi is, like, a little bit, it's more, I think, universally usable across the board for, say, self-defense because the wrestling aspect and you don't re- need the jacket. However, you know, like, self-defense aspects, it's, like, where are you? Because the whole no gi versus gi for self-defense. I'm like, if you're in Vancouver in the winter, a gi is a good option. If you're in Brazil, well, everyone's in board shorts and, and on the uh, beach. You know, on the beach. So then the gi actually ironically doesn't work as well in that situation. Uh, yeah. I always I always just thought like I wanna be I wanna be good everywhere. Yeah. Like my I, you never see me wrestle in competition generally because yeah. I just it's not my strength, but like I can wrestle, I can, I can do a bit of judo. I can, I'm, I can go on the back. I can, I can play guard. I can do leg locks, upper body attacks. Like I'm pretty decent everywhere. And my approach from the beginning has always been just do both. You know, I have students that just want to do gi. I have mo- uh, more, more than that. I have students who just want to do no gi. 
And I'm like, you guys, like, it's better to do both. Yeah. Like, I, there, it's not one or the other. If a guy's wearing a jacket and you don't know how to manipulate it and use it, like, you're just, you're at a disadvantage. Why wouldn't you want to learn how to, how to use someone's clothes against them? And that being said, if we're on the beach and uh, someone tries to, you know, do something, like, you need, you also need to know how to train without the gi. So yeah. it's, I, I, for me, I, I think it's just better to have a wide view of grappling in general and have skill sets in every aspect. And that includes gi and no gi. But that's just me, right? Yeah. I mean, oh. I, I agree. You know, being, well, because Krav is like master of all, you know, or, uh, you know, jack of all trades, rather master of none kind of thing, because you need to yeah. be able to deal with the most amount of situations reasonably well. And then you can specialize in whatever style you want. Um, but I think for overall grappling, like, that's probably the best, you know, do more of what you like. And then a little bit of like, I don't know if my leg lock game is shit because I haven't done done it in a while. But if I go up against one of you guys, I'm like, and I know that's what you're doing. I'm like, keep the feet away, keep my hips away, completely yeah. change how I normally roll just because I know what you guys are going to be doing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think gi and no gi, you know. When I, when I first started jujitsu, we basically trained um, we basically trained no gi like we did in the gi, just without the jacket. So we're playing yeah. like tons of Della Hiva and like you know guards that just aren't really. I'm not gonna say Della Hiva you can't do it in no gi, but I will say it's certainly not as effective as it is in the gi. Yeah. And um, you know now we're we're seeing now with guys like Gordon Ryan and Gary Tonin that like. No, the sport is literally different. Like yeah. it's the same, it's the same sport. I always use the analogy ice hockey versus foot hockey, right? Yeah. Or ball hockey. It's like it's the same sport, yes, but it requires totally different skill sets. Like yeah. skating and shooting a puck is very different from running and shooting a ball. It's it's yeah. completely different. It's like I've I played hockey and roller hockey growing up. I remember I played a pickup game of ball hockey and like I fell on my face when I tried to shoot the ball because I'm used to coasting. Yeah. And just, it's so different, right? So it's like the attack vectors and the strategy and the skill set is completely different gi and no gi. The off balances and the gripping situations are just totally different. So, you know, we know that now. We we've seen it in, at the highest level in competition and um if you pay if you're an instructor that pays attention to the most current strategies and competitions and you're going to make those adjustments and teach them accordingly to your students yeah okay so let's let's do the fun stuff <clears throat> how oh has, god here we go a, as a gym owner uh covid been for you <laughs> uh well um <laughs> i don't know how much information i should give out here uh, whatever is not going to get you sued I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> basically, you know, when it, when we found out COVID was happening a few years ago, I was very reluctant. Like from the beginning, I basically thought this is being overhyped and it's because I don't trust the media. Mm. I certainly don't trust anything coming out of China. And I'm Chinese, so, so if you think I'm a racist, go fuck yourself. I can say whatever I want about China, okay? Um, I, I love the people of China. The government of China is fucking, is a dictatorship. It's fucking quasi communist and it's uh do, you know they're genociding you your muslims right you now think, as speak. Yeah. so so let's just say whatever the fuck we want about china plus they're yeah. responsible for this virus right uh, at least yeah. at least that's how i understand it yeah. um and uh you know and I, I didn't think that this was going to be as crazy but uh, but everyone was telling me man like we got to worry about this covid thing it's coming it's coming and i'm just like holy fuck like this is you guys are uh 
we're really taking this serious. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to be safe and I closed down my gym for a couple months, yeah. you know, with the, thinking that it, we flatten the curve or whatever the fuck they said that we could keep the hospital beds, uh, you know, available for people who needed it. Like I wanted to do the right thing. Um, took financial hits and all this shit, just like everyone else running a small business, especially in our industry or in my previous industry, which is the culinary arts. So both yeah. of my, both of my careers in my life have been heavily affected by COVID. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we reopened or whatever I, that summer, the restrictions started to lift and uh, you know, we were training and then it got shut down again. And then we basically just said, okay, we're going to create like a skeleton crew and, and come in and train and have a secret knock and board up the windows or whatever. And uh, because at that point we had, we had had data, we could see that like 99 point whatever percent of people were recovering from this thing. And uh, it's funny, the people, the people in the jujitsu community, like I think the majority of them, and this could be just me trapped in my echo chamber, right? Like the majority of them I find are down to train. They're de they understand the risk mm. and they're down to train. A lot of people though, I can see, there's a lot of people that I'm not going to mention on this podcast, but they're very like adamant about like, no, you know, like shit, like you're killing someone's grandma. If you're doing this, you fucking asshole, you, you know, and just like, it got so crazy and so polarized. Well, it's and, uh, getting, getting more, more and crazy. It's, it's getting crazier. Right. And I, and yeah. I just told the people in my group, I'm like, listen, guys, uh, we're going to, we're going to open. And, um, you know, you have to understand the risks. You're adults. You can make your don't your own decisions. Um, if you don't want to train, don't come in because you understand the risks and I'm never going to judge you for that. And if you do want to train, let's get some training. In. And yeah. yeah, then we've been operating, uh, and you know, flash forward to now they're making us wear masks and vaccine passports. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be the one who checks the papers at the door and say, <laughs> Hey, show me your, show me your passports so I can make sure that you're vaccinated. Like, you know what? I'm just not going to fucking do that. The leaders of our government are, are a bunch of incompetent bitches. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that for them. And well, I'm going to say something that I sent some angry emails out the other day. No shocker for me. Um, and I actually got a response from my local NDP. I haven't responded yet. Here's what they did. They're playing a little bit of a bullshit, bullshit game. So when, when our local uh, fearless leader, Bonnie Henry, who I believe is a liar at this point, um, I never liked her. I have yeah. all these friends who are like, oh, I think she did such a good job. didn't do anything. And then, and then aside from get fucking paid, right? And then, and then now all these friends are like, hey, I don't like what she's doing. I'm like, yeah, I'm just ahead of schedule, you fucking assholes. And like, <laughs> yeah. you guys, you know, you want to just virtue signal and say, oh yeah, we, I, I stayed home. I kept everyone safe. It's like, you didn't yeah. do shit. You just don't accomplish shit in life and you you want to feel like you did something good by doing nothing. Go fuck what, yourself. What happened? This is well, I'll say, say what I was going to say, but what happened in my theory, hypothesis for those who are being obnoxious about it. Um, we have a very large Chinese community. They were terrified from what they were hearing from their family. They, without being told, panicked and just stayed to themselves, which stopped the issue. And that's why the initial wave, we were fine because they were self-isolating themselves, which obviously if you lock everyone in their houses for a year, the virus has no food. That's just how that works. But anyways, back to what I was saying. So when Bonnie Henry said two months ago, we will not do vaccine passports, the response mm -hmm. I got from an NP was, 
Well, passports are managed by the federal government. We have nothing to do with that. We're not restricting your rights. I'm like, you motherfuckers, I see what you did there. They said, legally speaking, they're protected because they can't enforce passports because passports would not be in their jurisdictions and it would actually violate the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But yes. a PC vaccine card, now that, that we can do. We wouldn't, st- we wouldn't force anyone to get the vaccine. It's like, no, but you're, you're pitting people against each other. And in an a argument I got with my fellow Jews when I called them Nazis, and I'm not apologizing for that. <laughs> sure that went over real um, well. <laughs> no, they all think I'm a lunatic. But I basically pointed out to them, you all don't like me anyway. From before, I don't give a fuck. And yeah, from yeah. their comments, I'm seeing they very much misunderstand these policies. Um, one of them seems to believe that this policy prevents you from going anywhere. And I'm like, it doesn't. Because legally, they can't stop us from going on the bus. They can't stop people who are unvaccinated from going. Or go province to province. They can't stop them from going province. They can't stop them from going to the supermarket. They're like, you should just stay home. And, and I didn't even say what my status or not. Because I'm not putting my medical, uh, regardless of what I am or am not. And uh, they just assume that this meant people can, can't go to the grocery store. And so what's happening is people who are anxiety ridden and like saying, we need to do this to save everyone. I'm like, listen, I don't know. I posted a video uh, like a year and a half ago from a, I believe she's a virologist. I didn't agree with everything she said. She said, listen, masks don't work. Uh, Which I agree doesn't with. Work. At this point, at the start, I was more con- I was using them because I wasn't sure, and then I found out, oh shit, there's actually a whole ton of tons of research on this. And one recent study, someone actually did the balls. The University of Waterloo basically proved that for this virus, people need to really understand for this virus, this virus, this virus, mm-hmm. not other yeah. viruses, this virus. Yeah, uh, it was 10% efficacy for the medical masks and 50 for N95s. That's in ideal lab conditions. Now, what I've been saying, a lot of people, if you want to discredit me, I did occupational health and safety. A large percentage of what we studied was mask use in the workplace for serious And how they're things. fucking misused, and how, how people they, are yeah. touching them yeah. and fucking putting, hanging them on their car mirror yeah. and using them again and leaving yeah. them in the street. It's like, so, bitch, that's a biohazard, it isn't it? Work, I thought that yeah. shit's like Ebola virus there. You're just leaving Basically. your mask. Anyways, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and I said at the start, if this virus is as bad as they say it is, you need to go get a half-face mask respirator at the minimum. And that still applies today. If you are that concerned about this virus, you need to be walking around with one of those masks because these other ones don't do shit. And then there's also the exposure thing. So like, if you go into the supermarket uh for 15 minutes and you're wearing a mask it's and you you're it's okay but the idea that you are going to wear a mask all day in an in an office with a recirculating air sitting uh, and somehow it's going to protect you is absolute nonsense it's just or it's the plexiglass not, not really, which that's turned out favorite. to be worse yeah that's my the, favorite the plexiglass like yeah. holy fuck what are we the, doing the new york <laughs> times of all things wrote an article saying that it actually might have made things worse because it impedes yeah. airflow it's like no shit. <laughs> yeah, like like uh like it, it, w- oh because it restricts airflow or because it harbors bacteria like, or viruses. What yeah. what is it? Uh oh because it restricts airflow because uh factually that uh, the more airflow you have the less the uh, virus load can concentrate on people. So yeah. if you have restricted airflow, uh it does that's why being in an office is it will be more of an issue but the masks aren't going to do anything and and i'm actually the my my happiest thing that came out of this is the realization i've been saying this for years that for a lot of jobs you don't need to be in the fucking office all goddamn day that's just a babysitting strategy so i'm happy to see virtual is coming or working from home it's a much better way to operate if you are able to obviously not all jobs can 
Um, but when I argue with people and I, they throw a, you know, I, in that same argument, someone threw a New York Times argument at me. Uh, my wife threw a scientific, from Science Magazine, you know, one of the two most respected magazines back at them. And their response was, you're not a doctor. You don't understand that. Yeah, it's like, right, I'm sorry, what? Are you telling me as an Opinion's educated nothing. individual, I can't read and understand scientific literature? Uh, yeah. They fall back on that defense as if nobody can understand what's being written. And I'm like, I, I'm actually reading the scientific literature. I'm not yeah. listening to the chosen experts who are manipulating the data. Oh God. Like, like you know, this whole, this whole trust the science thing. I mean, science is, I love science. I love the idea of science and always trying to uh, break theories. That's how we, when we discover something new in jujitsu, we use science to break the new technique. (laughs) Yeah. And, and like, I'm this whole thing about science, how, how, if you disagree with Fauci or Bonnie Henry, you don't, you don't trust science. Listen, you guys are in a fucking cult. And, yeah. and for me to not be able to question something, even though I'm not a virologist or whatever, you're off your fucking rocker. Yeah. I mean, which, this which is, hilariously I, enough, the virologist immunologist keeps saying it's an endemic, it's an endemic and it's an endemic. These policies aren't working. These, they're the ones getting ignored. <laughs> right. And like we can we can observe the recovery rate. We can observe the mortality rate. Um, we can observe the number of deaths and weigh that against lockdowns and other harsh restrictions and say for ourselves as a citizen as a tax paying citizen you know we're all supposed to be fucking equal if you can do that how come how come i can't have an opinion on that just because i didn't go to school and pay hundreds of thousands of dollars and i don't wear a lab coat and i'm not on tv saying this like no i can choose who i want to trust i can choose i can see lies that certain media outlets honestly all of them i don't even know what to believe anymore but uh i can choose to not listen to um media outlets and i can i can see that whether or not you are a scientist or whatever you can be purchased you can you can carry a political agenda and be paid for it and you can be capable of being a piece of shit human being and i don't have to uh follow the narrative it's i thought we're supposed to have freedom of expression and free you know i'm not i'm not into groupthink i've studied enough history where i've seen where that leads us the fuck you, Gene. I do, I, and, and I get I'm a not. lot of heat for it, man. Like people, um, people hate it. A lot of people, you know, I've lost a lot of friends, and quite honestly, family too. My, uh, I've had issues with my family through this whole thing, and um, and it is what it is. I'm, I'm honestly like I'm a man of principle, and I'm not gonna comply to something that I think, you know, people are like, why don't you, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just go along with it? It'd be so much easier. It's like, yeah, it would be easier, and I'd fucking hate myself. Yeah. So, so no, like I'm, and, and, uh, and I feel like it's wrong. And if it's not right, if something is holding me back, I don't feel the social shame that I'm not going to speak my opinion. Yeah. I thought, uh, when we we're a kid, we were taught, you know, stand up for what you believe in, stand up for what you believe is right. You know, we're all created equal. We all have freedom of expression and these fucking assholes want to villainize you for having a different opinion from them. And they want to call you things like, anti-science, anti-vaxxer. Like for the record, by the way, for the people who don't know my opinion, I am pro-vaccine. I'm pro-vax. My kids are vaccinated. Um, I'm totally, uh, you know, if you want to get the COVID vaccine, good for you. But to mandate vaccines is to say, to create a two, two-tier class system where certain people um, aren't allowed to go into it. Um, by the way, I think, I think 
even uh, non-vaccine passport carrying people can still go in grocery stores. I think that's one of the places <laughs> you can go. Um, yes, you can go that and places, places of worship, right? Yeah. 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 Which my gym is, it's a place of worship. So <laughs> loophole, but, uh, but yeah, like, you, you know, um, where was I going with that? Uh, <clears throat> I'm not pro mandatory vaccine. I'm pro freedom. I'm pro smaller government. We've seen the fucking cunts leading our country are so uh, they're, they're so incompetent. And even people on the left that I have arguments with about COVID think that, and I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, so why are we going along with this? Why are we, why aren't we looking at our leaders and say, Hey, you guys are fucking dividing us and we're leading down a path where you guys are just getting more and more control and misusing our money. Like if this was back in the day, we, we would literally string you up in the street and yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. not going to say we should do day, that. Of course. Yeah. Not back today, day, but back in the day. Yeah, I'm not, you know, uh, but, but, um, but definitely I'm not, I'm not really a fan of, of our leadership right now. And I, I'm also not a fan of how um, there's been a lack of, of representation from what I believe is the silent majority of people yeah. who should be speaking against stuff like this. Yeah. Because after my recent social media stories, like I get so many messages from people saying, thank you for speaking up. It's so great to hear, you know, for every one message I get of someone criticizing me, I get like 50 messages from yeah. people saying, yes, I agree yeah. with you. Thank you yeah. for, it's great to have someone saying something like this. And I'm, my response is like, why the fuck aren't you saying something? Why aren't we doing something? You know, I, I, two years ago when this was happening, like I saw what the lockdowns would do. It would have huge economic problems. Like we're, we're about to feel the long dick of the fucking lockdowns, man. Oh, and, things and are going to go. I'm, I've been already, saying this for a while. Like oh, yeah. un, un, unrelated to COVID, actually unrelated to COVID because I've listened to like the Davos idiots, like the economists, like these are the mm. people who make the decisions and they were they they these people have been saying like our economic model is not working and we don't know what to do about it anymore because there's so many people the technology has changed things and then COVID has just exacerbated the fact that our system isn't working no we shouldn't go fucking progressive losers but something needs to change and what you're going to see regardless of COVID you just sped it up I think we're in a the great reset. To, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, a ten to twenty year period of I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not going to be like the last thirty years of peace. It's going to be sure. getting aggressive, and things are going to governments are even going to go um, more authoritarian, or things are just simply going to collapse because they're dividing people. Oh, and, yeah. and you know, my thing is, I want better education, not indoctrination. And you guys need to back off because the idea that the smartest people in the world, even as smart as they are, can can anticipate all possible variables is is ridiculous and you're likely to actually screw things up more if you pigeonhole everything into one solution uh like the vaccine um for covid specifically for covid-19 mm. it's not like other vaccines it's i wouldn't even i don't even like calling it a vaccine anymore because if it's something you have to get annually sorry guys ain't a vaccine it's an yeah. it's an inoculation it helps boost the immune system Yes, for a lot of people, it's a very helpful tool. But hey, let's look at all of the data, a shit ton of data, a crap load more than that. That's saying, hey, you know, if you guys stay healthy and exercise, you'll be just fine if you get COVID. Minus the odd person who's an outlier who unfortunately hit the genetic lottery in the wrong way. And people don't want to talk about it. And it's just like health and wellness. This is the biggest fuck up in COVID as far as I'm concerned is they did not 
say, hey, you know what? We, we're doing lockdowns, but hey, we're going to pay for you to get access to Zoom hit classes. We're going to pay for you guys to get access to nutritionists. And we're going to use this as an opportunity to get people healthy. I mean, yeah, there's That's not about can, health, though. Yeah, it's not. It's not about it's health. Not. Because you could you could still go to the liquor store. You yep. could get you know the government doesn't care if you drink every morning seven days a week or smoke two packs a day or eat McDonald's three times a day. The government doesn't care. You'd get riots um, if you did that. That's the that's the. Thing. I know there's a, there is actually a legitimate case for the actual alcoholics, but like in in the grand scheme of things, they could have easily have just said, "Hey, if you're an actual alcoholic registered in the medical system, we will make sure you're they can't they can't go cold turkey. They cannot." Yeah. But um, the reason why they don't close the liquor stores is because in times of stress, people want to drink. They want yeah. that escape. They would have had riots on their hands if they, if they, yeah. I don't think anywhere closed liquor stores. Like, anywhere. well, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, like, obviously they're never going to close liquor stores, yeah. nor, nor do I think they should be closed. I'm not advocating for, yeah. for that, but I'm saying like things like, I remember the restrictions last year, they were like, you can't go to the park. You can't go oh, to an outdoor so place where there's, where there's sunlight. You can't go to the gym. You know, like literally the reverse of yeah. what I believe we should be doing, you yeah. know, and based it's on just, actual science, by the way, not opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what we can actually observe is that on a whole, like you said, there are exceptions, very few exceptions where like a young, healthy person will die from COVID or, or even get long lasting effects from COVID. Like that's that's not the most common experience. The most common experience is like the human immune system beats the fuck out of this virus and we, yeah. and we re recover. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, you know, I, well, it kind of behaves like the flu. If I'm being totally honest, it's a cousin. You know? It's a cousin. That's right. the way and, I've been phrasing it because they're all coronaviruses and they're a right. part of the same family. And right. And a lot of people don't know, but Hey, the, the 19, the, what is it? The 1919 Spanish flu that everyone likes to keep talking about. Well, that thing is actually still around. It's just mutated. It's different. And, and we built right. immunity and there's, they showed people who got it had immunity 20, 30 years later. Right. And mm -hmm. people often forget with that pandemic, it was in the middle of the world, uh, world war one. People were mm -hmm. not being fed. They're immunocompromised because of stress, lack of nutrition, not to dirty mention conditions. it was dirty conditions because at the tail end of the uh, industrial revolution, and people are not taking into factors that, that kind of stuff when they make these comparisons. And, and it's a common mistake, not just for this, is that you take 21st century ideas, moralities, ideas, technology, science, and apply it to a time where it doesn't work. They also didn't have the kind of globalized economy and travel that we had, which means it was far easier to isolate. You are not curing coronaviruses at this point in our no. medical technology. Unfortunately, I wish it was true, but it's very clear we do yeah. not have the medical technology for no. that yet. No, it's going to, it's, this shit's going to be around forever. Like, just yeah. like the flu, it's going to be around. It's not something that we can, um, I believe, I mean, I believe it's not yeah. something that we can just totally get rid of. And at this point, yeah, I don't. at this point, and I don't think that we should be, uh, allowing the government to, to make all these, uh, um, to take away, well, to take away privileges and to create a system where there's Two different citizens, ones that comply and one that don't. And the people that but don't aren't allowed to have... It's about their feelings, Matt. Their feelings, how they feel about themselves. <laughs> I mean, like the, the amount of virtue signaling I see through this, through this whole pandemic is just... Like, it's disgusting, honestly. If you're, if you're yeah. someone who shamed someone for having a business open or, or you reported uh, your neighbors for having someone over for dinner or you reported a business, like... My business got uh, got reported. I know other gyms that got reported. Like, you are disgusting. 
You're, yeah. you, this is Soviet level uh, mind control and you would have done perfectly in Soviet Russia or Nazi Germany. You are a useful idiot. You are yeah. backstabbing your countrymen from making a living. They put food on the table. You know, this whole like essential service thing. I, I hate the idea of an essential service because, well, what is essential? Grocery stores, uh, police, even though some people think that's not true. Um, You know, hospital workers. Yes, we can all agree that these are essential people, but who's to say that my school is not essential to someone or that a a restaurant is not essential to someone. Which, by the way, uh, I know tons of people who got messages saying that without the training, their mental health suffered. And I know personally or through other people, more people who committed suicide in the last year as a result of these policies then yep. I know who even got COVID. Additionally, personally, I just my personal, I know more young people under 40 who were seriously hospitalized as a result of the vaccine. I know mm-hmm. of, in, I know there are people who die of COVID. Obviously You're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, I know, right? But you know what's fucked up? I don't mean to be and, insensitive. Yeah, no, I, I, it's me. I don't get offended easily. But the, I don't know what's true in BC because BC is not being honest with their numbers. They're not. They're hiding shit. But in in Ontario, the you know what they measure as an unvaccinated person is a person, and it depends. A lot of places do it a little differently. Is if you get a vaccine one, you're still considered officially unvaccinated for 14 days. And some places, it's right. 14 days after vaccine two, which means anyone who goes to the hospital as a result of that vaccine and tests positive for COVID will be told to the public that they are unvaccinated. And that mm-hmm. is the biggest bunch of misleading bullshit, which is causing people to genuinely believe that the only people spreading this thing are the unvaccinated. That is patently false. What is, is. true... Fauci is, said so himself. Yeah, I know, right? What is true is, yes, the vaccine reduces severity of the, uh, the, the effects for a lot of people, but so does being healthy. And yes, that means unvaccinated people who are unhealthy will still end up in the hospital a larger percentage of the time than not. That's what they're saying, yeah. But it's misleading when you present this information the way they do because I know tons of people are like, unvaccinated is spreading this and they're treating it like a toxic lepre- leprosy. And it's like, that, yes. I can go look up studies all over the world that are saying vaccines are vaccinated people are spreading it too. And if this is about the hospitals, then you need to admit there was a problem with the hospitals before this right. pandemic and you refuse that the first responders, the nurses are the worst treated people on the planet and you keep pegging them with this ethical dilemma of the, of the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, that code they take. But I'm like, at a certain point, this is getting ridiculous. You can't keep treating them like garbage before, during and after pandemics and not expect some pushback just because you're playing yeah. with the moral heartstrings of these people who sacrifice everything to be treated like garbage. And then you use their emotional hardship to, to convince the public to change their mind. It's like, fuck you. Like, that's my, I can't hear another ER's doctor being like, but that, that my ER, it's like, it's the ER. That's where they all go. That's a very skewed, skewed perspective. Because I can walk around in my universe and I don't see nothing. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but it means your opinion of you're the one seeing all the sick people. That is your job. It's giving you a skewed thing. And the fa- you're stressed out because there's not enough doctors from before the pandemic. And because the medical facilities can't handle anything minorly over basic capacity, which was before the mm-hmm. pandemic. And, yes. and, and people don't want to talk about the failures of the system that yeah. made it a problem in the first fucking place. It's like, uh, yeah. like, like in Canada, we have a socialized healthcare system and... Honestly, I've seen good sides of it and I've seen bad sides of it, you know, Um, to be honest, like I'm not 100% anti-socialist. I don't like I I, 
I like, I kind of, I like the idea of a socialized healthcare system. I'm yeah. not, you know, I, I'm not like a hundred percent. It should be private, but I think that private healthcare, we should have that option here. To, you, you know, do. I do. They just keep it quiet and you need a lot of money. You need a lot of money to do it. Right. And, um, you know, I've, I've been in the ER waiting for like eight hours to get an x-ray, you know, like cra crazy shit. And it shouldn't be like that. My, um, my famous one was the MRO when I tore my ACL. Yeah. You know, the MRI wait normally is six months years. a year. Yeah. Now yeah. I was, I was a work safe claim so they can get it a little faster, but they ended up because I was bitching at them so much. They sent me to a private MRI clinic, which the public system will pay for because they have spots, but they don't like doing it. And yeah. it's only because I complained, even though when I was sitting there at the MRI clinic, receptionist picks up the phone. It's like, oh yeah, we have openings all week. And I'm like, mother fuck. That was when I had a huge like wake up. And then I hear during this pandemic, there's a Dr. Day who keeps losing his court battles. He's got lots of private clinics. He wants to get the restrictions gone. He said at the beginning of the pandemic, hey, if you guys are short staffed for vaccines or other stuff, I have like 16 clinics. I'll gladly help. And our wonderful overlord who cares so much about our health said, fuck you, not like that, but essentially, fuck you, we're not working with you. And that's where it's like, are you serious? You're so obsessed with your socialist ideals. Here is a medical doctor with the facilities. Yes, it's privatized, but you don't want to admit there's a problem in the healthcare system, uh, publicly funded one, which we, I do agree we need because uh, for the main stuff, the big five heart attack, uh, stroke right. is wonderful. Uh, broken bones, wonderful. Any soft tissue, not so much. Any chronic stuff that's not easily diagnosable, not so much. Yeah. People with money, by the way, they go to the states or they go to the private clinics, regardless of your opinion yep. on private public healthcare system. So it's like, what? this is silliness. We're not operating for an optimal system where they're actually what my, my belief is they're operating in a triage model which is we have limited resources we're going to do the absolute minimum we need to most of the time just to keep it operating but in order to reduce healthcare costs in general guess what we need to do we need optimal healthcare because obese people by the way cost a fuckload in the system and nobody wants to talk about it like someone yeah. was saying, oh, or it's fat shaming, right? Yeah. The unvaccinated are costing my tax dares money. And this was person I know for much of their life were obese. And I'm like, fuck you. Obese yeah. people cost way more for the taxpayer money. Listen, yeah. if you want to get up and help and get better. Awesome. But if you're going to sit there and do nothing, fuck you. Like, yeah, like I've, I've had, I've had people <clears throat> who are um, overweight. Yeah. You know, uh, basically tell me, hey, uh, you know, you need to get the vaccine or else, or else, or else you know, you're, you're basically, yeah, like you're keeping the pandemic going, basically. That's how they frame it. It's like they yeah. blame the, the, uh, the unvaccinated to keep the, that there, that's the reason why this is keep going. And if only they would change their, if only they would get that, the vax, then, uh, you know, then we could get past this. That's how we get past this. Which like, is patently false at this point, and people yeah, still and, believe it. And and these are people who do, have never worked out a day in their life. Like, by the way, I can if if you think that I'm fat shaming, go fuck yourself. I was fat in high school, or sorry, middle school. Like, I I was I've been the victim of bullying, racism. I'm part Chinese, right? Like, I I've I've gone through all this shit. And you know what happened when I got bullied? I I lost weight. Yeah, right. I did. And the people same. immediately started accepting me more and I was healthier and I was like, wow, and I'm not saying this works for everyone, but I was like, wow, bullying helped me yeah. <laughs> actually. You know what I mean? Like it kind of like sorted itself out. And I, I was just like, wow, like people don't, people make fun of me for being fat. Maybe I should change my lifestyle. Yeah. I did. And life got way better. Yeah. But, but just look at the people who are dying from COVID. 
You know, usually obese people are the one. Uh, well, but not they're usually, healthy. But- I, CNN, I recently posted 40 year old woman, healthy 40 year old woman dies of, is dying of COVID and says, she says, fuck the unvaccinated. And they showed a picture of this woman and she's morbidly obese. I'm like, are you on crack? Yes. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, why exactly. do people believe this? Nonsense? So it's like, like we, we can, we can, you know, this, this whole woke culture where, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, where fat people are sexy and all this shit. It's like, it's just, it's just not the truth, yeah. you know? And, and I don't mean to hate on fat people. Like, uh, and I know that you're not supposed to say fat. You're not supposed to say that, you know, it's yeah. like, you know what? I'm not woke. I, Can we say I rounder than normal then? Fine. I'll I'm, say whatever defines it. It's still all yeah. overweight. <laughs> exactly. And, and these people are just unhealthy and they, and they do cost our, our system a lot of money. And yeah. that's why I was one of the reasons why, like I became very athletic after I lost all that weight. Cause like, wow, I like this lifestyle. It makes me feel good. It makes me healthy. I feel like, uh, you know, I sleep better. All this stuff is just, I feel better when I look in, in the mirror. It's like, yeah. so that's a big reason why as well, I wanted to dedicate my life to a field of fitness. But like, uh, you know, if, if you, if you don't think that I can't criticize someone for being fat, I mean, like I grew up in the kitchens where literally everything was fucking Hey, you take it up the ass with this vegetable and shit like that. You know, it's like I'm not used to this whole uh, politically correct culture. I, but I never that's was. Toxic masculinity, didn't you? Oh, know don't that? even get me started there. <laughs> don't even get me started there, right? Like, I think if anything, right now we need actually more masculinity. We yeah. need people who are willing to say, "Hey, I'm going to say an unpopular opinion, and I'm going to go against the narrative and go against the group think, and people are going to." fucking hate me for it and that's what's happened a lot of yeah. people hate me people will listen to this podcast they'll be like matt this is the cringiest thing you've ever done like you don't know what you're going to do to your business and i'm over here like well oh, i know that the cool people are going to love it <laughs> you know yeah. it's like i mean uh, i mean on we, need, that note, we need people to be strong in these times yeah. because hard times are coming um well, actually you just, know i think leadership you know, like people i've seen people i thought were leaders just roll over and be unwilling to be vocal because I just want this to be over. And I think anyone who says, yeah. um, just do your part or just this is what needs to be done or it's a good citizen, I'm like, huh? Like, do you, do you understand what you're saying by doing that, right? Yeah. Like, and there, I just don't see it as leadership. Like, leaders are the ones who stand up and say, hey, something's wrong here. Yeah. People of all walks of life, including fucking doctors all over the world, are saying, hey, the way we're handling this is wrong yeah and that's leadership because people the doctors are willing to lose their licenses over this and it's it's like yes this is a thing people have died i question the numbers personally uh both for and against depends where because guess what andrew cumio that motherfucker got thrown under the bus by the new governor who had released the numbers and they lied about the old folks homes by twelve thousand people yeah it was like 50, you know it's funny 000, not this, this guy 000. kills this guy kills like ten thousand people like knowingly yeah nobody cares he 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 uh you know gropes a few women oh my god get rid of him it's like which by the way he's been doing for years and both behaviors are atrocious he should be in jail both are atrocious but but i mean it's funny how you know we care about one thing more than than literal people dying yeah yeah and and it's just and anyways that guy's a piece of shit i'm glad he's gone uh i've just come to the conclusion that any politician left or right whatever is basically a piece of shit <laughs> if, that, if this whole thing has taught me anything it's like fuck i i it's making a strong case for anarchy you know what i mean like i, think, I just and i don't like, think that's the way to go but uh, man our government leaders yeah. like you got to be you got to be like a narcissistic 
piece of shit to want to be a politician. And I think and just the longer they're in there, the worse they get because they they play the system. I'm doing air quotes where, like, if you're there for you know two three terms, that's one thing. But the the people who are just career politicians, they don't care about anything but winning, and you can see it in right. the policies. Like, yeah. and they don't yeah. care about sending people to wars or yeah. closing businesses. Like it's, it's all about their power, you know, and, yeah. and all about how they're going to stay in power. And like all these people who get so tied to political parties, like I would gladly change my vote to any party depending on their policy. But some yeah. people are like diehard NDP, diehard liberals or because diehard conservatives. And then they yeah, have it's misconceptions like, it's about it's tribalism. Parties. It's, it's like, it's crazy. Like, yeah. do you not have, the ability to look logically at the policies and decide what you like, yeah. like don't, don't identify yourself with a political party. They're all bad. You know, they're like, I don't think that any of them are really good. Um, they just get rich off, off their own policies and then change the laws. So they don't get, they don't get arrested. Like in Canada, Canada's huge problem. Even in the States is ironically better than us for this. Is that there's no real mechanism to get rid of a politician midterm. Like, for example, our wonderful prime minister, from what I've heard, outside of his cabinet, in his own party, they want him gone. But there's no way for them to do that. Yeah. Because they're all, I mean, there is, but they're all terrified of if it goes poorly. So they're all cowards because they all want him gone. Um, the polls I'm seeing now for a Canadian election, I'm pleased that we're not going to have a liberal majority. That's for sure what the result is. I don't know. <laughs> so, dude, Trudeau is like a new level of like just Dude. clown like yeah. holy shit it's it's crazy the things he does it's just but i don't hair. know man. i can't say anything oh i know he's so fucking hot totally yeah, suck right. him off but i say that because <laughs> straight up a lot of people he's popular amongst women because they're they like how he looks and and this is not saying women are politically illiterate it's that canadians as across the board are politically illiterate as far as, as, far as i'm concerned so if you don't know who to vote for you can be like ah oh, that guy's cute which yeah. is actually I will give him this, this credit and only this credit that I appreciate a leader who is in shape because the rest of yeah. them are unhealthy. Yeah. And uh, young. Yeah. I, I like how he's like young, you know, he's not like Biden. Who's like literally the Crip keeper. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, uh, <laughs> I, the G7 just threw him under the bus and said they're, they're angry about the, the Afghanistan stuff. So I think the German G7 leaders basically just said, um, yeah, we can't trust America anymore for foreign policy. And that's like, what? Oh, come I, on, man. Like, I thought you hated Trump. And now you're outright saying we have no confidence in America's foreign policy anymore. Yeah. Like, what? What just happened here? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, it's crazy. You know, but that's why I'm happy we're in the industry we are. Because if shit hits the fan, we have skill sets that can survive. And people say it's apocalyptic or it's, it's conspiratorial theory. And I say it's every podcast. We're in Vancouver. We could have an earthquake. You're on your own for at least two weeks or three weeks or four oh, yeah. weeks. How are you going to survive that? You oh, barely yeah. handle the toilet paper wars, but the, the martial artists are going to be able to handle themselves uh, from the physical confrontation, at least, compared to the average person. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, things are being fun, I think, in the next... My, next my recommendation, if you ha and, and COVID totally showed this to me, get guns, guys. Get oh. them while you still can. Start stocking yeah. ammo before I'm it gets unaffordable. I'm just going to put this out there. I teach the course to get your license. You can always send me an yes. email and I can run said course while we're still allowed to do it. But yes, yeah. get guns because if you have a license, 
because we are in Canada. Uh, yes, don't do it of course. Do it, do it legally. Yeah. Do everything by the book. Uh, learn safety first and start preparing yourself. Because like you said, like two weeks go by, like you could have people breaking down your door yeah. for food or, or whatever, supplies or something. You get a 22, you can hunt birds all day in a pinch. Yes, you can eat pigeon. In fact, I believe that's why pigeons were introduced to New York like 100, 150 years ago because you can eat them. Now they're considered poison, even though it's like you, you can eat them if you have to. Mm-hmm. Not, not great. Like, uh, you know, growing up here in Canada with parents who are not very outdoorsy and in the city, I should specify, I, didn't, I thought it was gross and weird. But then, you know, with me and my wife, we go hunting the last few years and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is great. And it's actually not as gross as you. Th- it's gross, but you're like, like the first time you got a deer, you're like, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> no, I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. I haven't gone hunting yet, but like yeah. grew up fishing with my dad, getting fish and, uh, you know, taking apart carcasses and cooking school and stuff. Like yeah. it's not really it's something I think, honestly, we need to learn how to do just in case, you know, it's yeah. like a skill a set, skill. just like handling a firearm is something I think is an important yeah. skill set. And one great thing about firearms and ammo is they don't depreciate, you know, it's, yeah. it's always going to be, uh, it's a simple working machine that's always going to be usable and valuable and you never know when you're going to need it. And it, once you do need it, you can't get it. That's the yeah. thing. And as, as the days go by here, we're getting closer and closer to not being able to get them. So hundred uh, percent do your due diligence in learning the safety behind firearms. But like, man, I'm, I'm very pro gun. I, <laughs> I, especially in times like this, like you never know if something happens, I want to make sure I can protect my family, you know, and I don't want to be looking for a gun. If, if the shit hits the fan. Now I will caveat on that. You need to understand what you're doing with the firearm, because if you don't understand what you're doing with the firearm, the, the delusions of grandeur, John Wick style, that you're all of a sudden going to be pulling that crap. You're probably going to shoot yourself. Totally. So it really need if it first. Anyone uh, who shot a pistol knows yeah. how fucking hard it is yeah. to shoot a pistol. And I'll preface super that, hard because uh, I should put this in there as an instructor. You cannot legally purchase a firearm for self-defense in Canada. But if I look at case law, people have used guns in self-defense. It's not advisable. However, you can get it for sports shooting and hunting. But guess what? If society collapses, then you have All bets it are off. It. Yeah. And then people <laughs> yeah. tend to forget about that, that aspect. Cause you, you yeah. just don't know. And you just don't know. Like yeah. I, do I expect that that's going to happen? No, not, but, yeah. but I'd rather be trained and have supplies yeah. when needed than not have them and do need them. Well, I t- you know, the earthquake in Vancouver is a specific one that is real and uh, objectively possible in our lifetime and i know if you have first responder friends they'll tell you if they're being honest like yeah you're on your own for a while um totally and <laughs> but you know there's other things like uh, the carrington event was in the late 1800s and if that happened now we'd be fucked it's, it was a massive solar flare and there's literally nothing we can do about it we have more ability to potentially stop an asteroid than that at this point so if something like that happened in our lifetime, with all our technology, a lot of, while some stuff will be shielded, like military stuff will be protected probably, and wealthy people will have setups that are protected. For sure. For sure. But the average person's shit is going to be wiped clean uh, in, in a massive solar flare with that, with that EMP. And this is not, this is a real possibility. And you have no control over it. You don't know when it's going to happen. And... Toilet paper wars versus that, I'm like, oh shit, people are going to lose it. If all their phones die, even a lot of cars won't operate with all the computer chips in them now. Uh, 
And, you know, yeah, people what are like, you going to conspirator- do? Conspiratorial. But I'm like, no, I'm not expecting this thing to happen. But it's a thing that can happen and there's nothing we can do about it. It's yeah. Really- and it's just smart, whether it's whether it's apocalypse or uh, earthquake to be prepared. So I just take this moment to, to say, hey, if you don't have like a month's supply of dry food, like you can get it from fucking... I don't want to say Amazon because, <laughs> but, but, you know, go online and buy yourself like a bucket or two uh, for your family of like dried foods, get a, uh, get a propane burner with a couple tanks of yeah. propane, you know? So, you, so yeah. if something does happen, you know, Hey, I, we're going to have food here and I don't have to go forage for food when everyone else is going to be looking for food, you know, yeah. and, and also water, like you should have basic survival supplies. And I think most people in the city, don't have they these don't. supplies. So, yeah. so anyone living in cities, big metropolitan cities, they're going to be fucked. It's going to, oh, yeah. if something happens, right. And again, that's a big if, but man, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd just rather be prepared and yeah. call me conspiratorial all you want. I don't care if something happens, I want to have, well, I want to have supplies for me and my family. You know, it's hilarious about that. Uh, um, so, so you can always turn their own arguments against them, the people calling it conspiracy. So climate change is a thing. It's happening. I am of the opinion that we don't need to be catastrophizing and causing extreme anxiety and causing psychotic behavior. We do need to innovate. We need to innovate and go green realistically because it's who doesn't want flying cars? I want flying cars, but we need better sources of energy to do that. So let's work towards the Jetsons. Come on. But their own arguments of the world is going to get harder to live in because of climate change, which in a lot of places is true. Vancouver is going to be a paradise, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to get awesome here. Then you've got to be prepared <laughs> for, the for these, these weather events. So being prepared for the skill sets, it's, it just, but from a pure survival, you need to feed yourself and drink yourself, uh, drink water. But the people factor that people consider, to like, again, you saw how people behave during this which I'm sorry was not that bad. I have no faith in people not going complete lunatics in a major. Totally, <laughs> totally, man. I mean, like, and, and I've realized like how easily when something like this happens, I blame the media, a lot yeah. of the meat, like the politicians and the media, the way the media can stir people up. Like it's, it's propaganda. It really is like these mainstream media outlets are basically propaganda arms for, for different political parties. Yeah. And I've realized that, uh, yeah, it, people are very, very susceptible to mind control. Oh, yeah. Well, or as at I least, said, with the vaccine, or, unvaccinated, how they're manipulating what's vaccine vaccinated and not is causing people to believe false, false, like, and they're doing it on purpose, right? That's the yeah, it, and it's being done on purpose. And yeah. I've realized, like, people don't think for themselves. Like, they literally will believe what's on mainstream news. And when you do that, you create division. because, And that's all that's going to happen from this vaccine passport is it's going to be... Oh. It's going to be a society where like uh, there's going to be literal segregation. And the, the interesting thing is it's, you know, the, the, the left wants to go in and virtue signal for, uh, for people of color all the time and racism. And they're it's the like, most fucked for this. They're yeah. the people that are going to be the most fucked. Like if you look at the people who don't want the vaccine most in the States, it's black people. They, they don't, don't trust, trust the medical system. They don't trust yeah. them. They don't trust the government or the medical system. And they have a damn good reason not to, you know, look at the Tuskegee right. experiment and everything right. like that that's going on. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, um, I wouldn't want it either. And yeah. you should have the freedom to choose not to be like, I understand the risks of COVID and I've weighed it out in my mind and I've made this decision for me or, or whatever. And I mean, here you can't even get a medical exemption. 
So if you Which have is, a to me, that's medical malpractice. That, that's the most fucked yeah. up thing ever. Like if you, so if you're over 12 years old and you have a, uh, a condition that where your, your doctor says, okay, I don't want you to, I think that this vi- this vaccine isn't safe for you. And I know that's rare, but for those cases, um, you know, you have to you, stay in you, your home until you we're have to ready stay in to your home you yeah. and you can't get a medical exemption. They just say, yeah, you shouldn't be going to these places anyways. Like, are you guys fucking insane? You're going to, yes, you're going to, yes, you are. It literally just like segregating people based on vaccination. You know, I was, yeah. I was in a gym owners group, uh, like a Allegedly, COVID we group. Were <laughs> oh, yeah. Were you in that too? Yeah. Oh, I pissed everyone off. Cause I was saying, telling them allegedly to grow up and like, do something, stop talking and do stuff. Well, they were, remember they were saying, and I'm not going to name who, but they were like, oh, uh, what do you guys think about uh, students coming in unvaccinated? Like, and then one of them was like, oh yeah, well the unvaccinated people, we have them, they can drill in the corner or whatever. And then they can't train with the rest of the general population. And I'm just like, the same room guys, you fuck that. You don't understand anything, dude. Yeah. And I'm (laughs) I'm just like, you guys are fucking insane. Like, like you, and I told them, I was like, you can do that. If you think that that's worth, because they were worried about legal liability and shit. If someone gets COVID and dies, can they? I, I can have a COVID waiver, sue? so fuck off. So do I, and that doesn't mean that they can't <laughs> sue you, but um, but but still, like the chances are so low, right? And I'm just yeah. like, well, as a business owner, you can start to ask people to show their, and this is before the vaccine passport, mm. right? You can you can ask people. Oh, okay, are you vaccinated or not? But just realize there's going to be a lot of people that don't want that. And they're gonna they're gonna go somewhere else, yeah. and well, send them my way. Send them my way if that's if what you I think, think it's is worth the risk. Happen. Yeah, and I'm just like, and 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 this is me virtue signaling online, being like, hey, if your gym owner is is asking for your vaccine passport and your and wants you to train in a mask and won't let you and you have to socially distance, like, just hit me up, DM me, and you'll have a great place to train. And and these people are like, oh, Matt, you know you're. You're acting like a child. We're trying to we're trying to talk. We're about trying this to stuff. protect people. We're trying like, to talk. So am yeah. I. I'm trying to get trying them to talk to, and keep them safe. Exactly. Fuck. We're trying to be adults here. You know, you're acting like yeah. a child, and I'm like, guys, I'll say it one more time. If 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 you want to do this, that's fine. You're going to have people leave. Send them my way, and then yeah. I just left the group. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I can't do this anymore. Well, you know, guys. like fuck. Because you said you're off Facebook. Let's just say that is a group now that started with when I joined. It was uh, like five thousand people in three days. It's like almost sixty thousand, sixty-five thousand people of people who are outright rejecting the passports. And mm. businesses all over the place are saying we're not, we're not enforcing. Even people I've seen interviews of people, even people who uh, are like everyone should get the vaccine, but I'm not the police. Like, what are you doing? You know? So you're exactly. going to see, see you, all that's going to happen is let's say you're a restaurant that's already hit hard. And yeah. As you Probably know, the hardest out of all of this, a 10% difference in customer base is the difference between success and bankruptcy. If you just pissed off 10% of your clientele who are the people who've been going out this whole fucking time because they didn't give a shit. The people who are still terrified are still sitting at home, not giving you the money anyway. You're going to be fucked financially. Yeah. And that's where I hope the free market kind of solves itself, you know, like, I think, I think that what we need to do with these businesses that are, you know, you can't sit here or you can't do this. If you don't have the passport, say, fine, fuck you make a scene and don't go back. And then, you know, we're going to see every, the free market, if all goes well, will, will, will even itself out, you know? And that if you're, if you're someone, you know, you're going to ask this 
18 year old hostess at a restaurant to card someone, you know, the kind of stress you're going to add to that girl's life. Oh, to, yeah. to, they're going to have people fucking Quitting. shitting down there in yeah. throats being like, I come here for the last 15 years with my family every Sunday. And now yeah. I can't come here. Cause I don't want to like, it's going to be a nightmare. Oh, they, they, all... they haven't thought this through at all. Cause they no. either have to go full <laughs> Gestapo. Like you have two options back off. Or you do what we're saying you're probably going to do. That's why we're a lot of us are worried. You don't. Yeah. There's no middle ground. Otherwise, it's just going to be a complete clusterfuck. Yeah. I mean, there is a middle ground. Go to the businesses if you want to go to a business where that do that. You go to the other one, but you're you are dividing society. Hundred um, percent dividing society. This, this is not going to go the way they think it's going to go. Like in France, as we're, you know, first of all, France they riot over everything. So when they're yes. like rioting and people are like oh my god look what they're doing in france i'm like they do that every week first of all and unless it's like two three million people doing it in france then i'm like eh um but what people started doing in france is they're straight up having picnics outside in front of restaurants <laughs> that That's they normally awesome. go to yeah. or or in russia where uh they're not really using the the western vaccines they're using like the chinese in their own whatever the one that's not the most effective at all so Oh, and, uh, I, I was going to say the ones that work. Yeah, yeah. it work better. I, I, be honest, they work better, but they don't they don't they definitely don't do what we're being told they do for sure. But uh, they basically everyone said, fuck the passports, stop going to all the businesses, all the business owners in Moscow were like, we, uh, we can't enforce this. That's why Putin is now is like, but Russia is different because Putin will be like, if he wants people vaccinated, he'll make sure that. But they basically yeah. spoke up and said, we're not going to businesses. Fuck you. Now, different mentality in Moscow than here. Obviously, yeah. Vancouver, not as bad as Toronto, but anxiety-ridden left-wing lunatics who don't understand that you're projecting your anxieties on other people and with your demands rather yeah. than dealing with your own fucking mental health problems, which I am all about the mental health solutions. I dealt with it myself. But that's not my problem that you can't feel calm about yourself and demanding that I do X, Y, Z because you feel unsafe. You stay yeah. home, not me. Like, exactly it's all about freedom and and personal risk and like yeah. we can just observe observe through the last few years how covid's been there is not bodies in the streets this is yeah. i mean if At you all. can't see that this isn't yeah if you can't see that this is a uh, overhyped i mean at this point, you're just not going to see it. Right. And that's yeah. where I really am. Like you said, like I kind of lose faith. I'm just like, fuck, there's just some people that are so tribal that they can't uh they can't change their mind and for me just for, so everyone knows so they don't think that i'm being tribal like if all of a sudden there was a mutation and we started seeing bodies drop, uh, right yeah bodies dropping left right and so if the mortality rate like just grew i'd be like holy fuck guys okay like this is way different now we actually need to like i'm very like i would be honestly i would be pro forced vaccination if we had something that yeah uh and it, and it, you know and it and the mortality rate was super super high Fuck yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not willing to like uh I'm not so stuck in my ways that I won't change my mind. That's yeah. the thing. And I'm transparent about that. That's why I'm talking about it right now. Like I have no political affiliation and I'm not set in my ways, but when I see something, when I see big government trying to sneak in and politicize an event and capitalize on a on a uh you know uh, uh what, what what's the word disaster yeah or a, which they do all the fucking time Hillary which they Clinton do basically all the time gave it away never waste yeah, a good crisis fucking never waste that's it a crisis never waste a good crisis like i'm willing to call that out and i don't care friends and family if you guys think i'm crazy go fuck yourself i'll find yeah. i'll find a podcast that wants to talk about this shit you know yeah. it's certainly not going to be bjj mental models that's for sure <laughs> 
You said it, not me. I did not say that. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, like that. That that's the censorship stuff to me is like this. Okay, as a Jew, I want to know that that guy's a Nazi over there, like a little literal Nazi. Because hey, I'm not gonna go over there. But guess I, I know in modern times, the actual Nazis in a place like Vancouver, they don't show their faces because everyone hates them. But I yeah. want to know they're there, so I'm not going to go over there. I don't give a shit. Like you're a fucking moron. You stay over there. You. But do you. Your thing. But you support. Like, you support their right to ha- to be a Nazi. Do you know? Well, I do think you, it's you, absurd, you support but they, I'm not like going to like. Right, but you. But you think that like th- that they should have the freedom to believe what they want, even though you disagree with it, even though it's disgusting and horrible. Like you don't think that they should be rounded up and fucking sent as off. As long the- as they're not committing serious crimes, like if they actually are committing hate crimes, like. I mean, physical ones and actually right. that's a different story because you just broke the regular law. But exactly. Me, the idea that you can control everyone, it's only going to end up in the Nazi or communist era style. Exactly. Putting people in camps that you can't, unless you're prepared to do that, which morally Western society has said it's not okay with doing Yeah. so far that I can see about who the fuck knows. Um, you can't yeah, that's next is- everybody. That's next is detainment camps for the unvaccinated, right? Like that like would actually, be constitutionally uh, illegal. Dude, so we'll that, see what happens. I mean, that's fucked. But at this point, I wouldn't be surprised, guys. If you see, if you see that they're making internment camps for unvaccinated people, please start doing something. <laughs> please let that be the fucking I, I don't canary think in we'll, the coal mine. Yeah, I don't think we'll get there in Canada. I think what I'm seeing with the, even the vaccine card thing, people are like, "This is this is too far." Um, I know they're like. They said on Monday in British Columbia, there's like 700,000 people not vaccinated. That's like a third of your fucking province. So, so mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how they think this is going to go. They mm-hmm. haven't thought this through numbers wise. If it's like 5,000 people, then that group is not a significant number anyway. So why the fuck would you force them? And if it's 700,000 people, like how, how are you planning on doing this? I, I, it's almost like they're trying to implement a social credit system by oh, force yeah, like China, disguised yeah. as a crisis <laughs> all right yeah that's gonna anyways go i'm gonna get so much heat for this podcast that's for fine. so many fucking things anyways i don't care if you if, if you follow me on instagram on guard bjj <laughs> it's my business page i, I post great memes jujitsu uh jujitsu techniques as well as personal opinions that are very unpopular amongst most woke individuals well, so <laughs> check I'll out my business something. page don't feel bad because, you know, a lot of the stuff I say is very similar, is different but similar. I've had people of all ages say, I've never heard that before, meaning they're surrounded by the same idea over and over again. And then they hear yeah. what I'm saying and they're like, huh, okay. And that's why you need the, the, the freedom of thought and choice because, the, again, the idea that one group knows best is wrong. And actually, for the best possible outcome for humanity, you need different groups and ideas because yep. things change. You need different different ability to change and pivot. And someone else's idea might be better than yours. What I don't understand about progressive ideologies is we're seeing in real time in the last year or two that the progressive ideology policies fail pretty quickly and spectacularly <laughs> uh, as yeah, compared to it, other other ideas. Like they destroy cities and culture. Yeah. And then <laughs> like, say they're doing it, something useful. That. Anyways, we could we could go fucking on. Like, I feel like this could actually go for another like hour and a half. Oh yeah, for sure. But I know you have to go. Um, Any any parting words, final thoughts? Um, again, I'm just gonna give the advice that I was given as a kid. 
do what you believe is right. Stand up for what you believe in. If you see something and you, you want to question something and you're not qualified to question it, question it anyways. You know, open discourse. And even though we don't have it here in Canada, freedom of speech is an important part of Western civilization. Um, you know, without it, we're not going to reach the same. We're literally denying science, if that's the case. We're not yeah. we're denying the scientific process, but it's important to question things. Uh, think for yourself. Do your own research. I recommend be very careful about your own biases. I try and be aware of my biases. I always am changing my mind on different things, even though people want to label me whatever for what for however I think. Um, if you're if you have a business, strongly recommend you go against the passports uh, mandates, the mask mandates. It's time for us to actually just stop complying. Um, I'm not going to be hiding anymore in my business. The door is going to stay open. And uh, until it gets too cold to keep it open because it's wintertime, we're going to train with the door closed. Um, and I recommend just put freedom before anything. Put, put your personal liberty, especially, guys, especially your own bodily autonomy. Put it over everything. I, you know, I, if, if, because where does it end? You know, yeah. if we, we're always told my body, my choice um, for the, uh, the Roe v. Wade debate. And I can get on board with that, but man, if it, if I don't have the choice over my own body in this case, and, um, you know, we're, I'm going to become a second class citizen because it's time to start speaking up. It's time yeah. to start, it's time to start speaking your mind. And if you think that something's right, uh, or wrong, speak it. If you're pro mandatory va uh, vaccine, speak it, speak your mind. I support your right to have that opinion uh, even though I disagree with it. And I think that that's the mindset most people should have. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. Uh, so if people want to contact you for, uh, what was it? Uh, who, uh, no, uh, prohibition style training. How do they do that? <laughs> uh, well, check again, check out my Instagram page on guard BJJ. Um, uh, I got off Facebook because it's a it's a fucking echo chamber of shitheads that I don't want any interest in. Uh, just check out on guard BJJ, uh, in the pit meadows area near Vancouver. I'd be glad to have anyone. I don't care about your political affiliation or gender or race. All that shit is just divisive. Just come out if you want to have good training. And of course I want to thank you, John, for having me on okay. the podcast. Yeah. It was a real pleasure to actually just talk yeah. And uh, and be able to to talk about controversial things. And I think moving forward, these controversial conversations are are going to be very very important in the next few years. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Thanks for coming on, taking the time out of your day to be here. Yeah, sweet. Let's do it again. Oh, for sure. You're listening to the Warriors Day. Warriors Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions.